welcome to Jeanette's TV. I'm your host, Jeanette Burke, and today I have a very special guest. Her name is Lenora Luca, and she's only 26 years old, and she's already got a brilliant career as a broadcaster, media personality, and she's just growing. And, and the thing is, she actually started when she was 16 years old. Can you imagine knowing at 16 years old what you want to do with your life and how you're going to impact people? Well, we're going to hear her great story today. So, Lenora, welcome to Jeanette's TV. Hi, Jeanette. Thanks for having me today. Now, I said you started when you were 16 years old. There's a whole story there. I want you to share this with my audience. I think it's very empowering. So the truth is, is that when I was like 14 and 15, I was taking a lot of acting classes in Manhattan and going back and forth into the city. And my goal was to really go to college for musical theater because I wanted to sing and I wanted to act and be on stage. And my, my dad specifically said that he would not let me go to school and get a degree in that because he wanted me to have a little bit more of a foundation for my future. So obviously I was like super duper upset about that because he crushed my dreams. However, he was, he was the one that said, why don't you try broadcasting? Why don't you try radio? Why don't you try podcast? So from that point, I was able to land an internship at 16 working for Goom Radio. And I remember the time it was my going into my junior year, you know, going into my junior senior year of high school. And we were all sitting there in this beautiful office, which was actually the old Z100 building in Jersey City, looking over the Hudson. And we all went around introducing ourselves. And then it was my turn. And I was like, hi, um, I'm Lenore. I just got my permit. Like, this is great. Life is awesome. Thanks for having me. And the boss, the head boss turned and said, um, why did you just hire a kid in high school? In the middle of everybody. It was so awkward. And he said that he liked my ambition and my passion. And that was really my first step into really loving broadcasting and really being able to thrive. And so you really had a pretty illustrious career for a young woman. Um, you're already the morning show host for uh, New Jersey the top morning show, not B98.5. And you do a lot of other things because you have your, you have Lenora Luca.com, but you also are part of a brand select podcast, which I recently was guest uh, on. And you had had the pleasure of you interviewing me. And so you've done a lot of things. And I know um, I looked at, at those websites. So you provide a lot of different services. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about, what you do when you're on air and what you do when you're not on air, guest appearances and all of that stuff. So at the beginning, it was really hard to balance, you know, doing my own online radio show, producing my own television series that was debuted for local public access stations across the United States and Roku and going to school at the same time, graduating high school, graduating college. It was a lot it was back and forth. I remember actually when I wasn't on air and I wasn't interviewing people, I'd be in a college party sitting in the back room on my laptop trying to edit interviews and things like that because there was one part of me, it's like, I don't want to miss out with my friends. And then the other part was like, I have to actually do this for my career and my future. So it was very difficult being able to balance both of those out, especially while I was obtaining my degree and doing all of that. Um, but being on the actual radio for the Jersey Shore on B98.5 was actually a dream come true at such a young age because I landed that role on the station at like 22 years old. 
and it was the best feeling ever. And being able to really just interact with my community and being a voice for them was incredible. And then joining the brand ambassador select team was about in the fall and they were doing all these lifestyle events uh, throughout the entire US. So they asked me to come in and start hosting them live. And then with, you know, coronavirus happening and all live events being on shutdown, we decided to produce a podcast, which I'm so excited that you were able to be on and be, join our oh journey my. as well. So, you know, the interesting thing here is not just, you know, the passion and the purpose and, you know, carving out a, a, a spot for yourself in a career at, at such a young age. Of course, that's interesting on its own. But the fact that you chose to go into this type of industry. And let's, let's delve a little into this because we both know that this industry comes with challenges, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes it can be very difficult. Um, I'd like to hear a little bit about some of the hardest things you've ever had to face and how it, you were able to keep going in an industry that sometimes, you know, crushes our spirit and has us going into a completely different direction. You're so right on that. I'm um, starting out. I heard a lot of no's. Um, but I was persevering and just attending these events and literally going up to different tour managers, different agents and saying, Hey, can I, can I interview your client for like two minutes or just 60 seconds? I just have two questions. That's it. I promise it'll be super quick. And being rejected at such a young age too was like, do I not have it? Do I not know where I'm going? Do I not have the skills? But then I realized that it's actually practice makes perfect. You got to keep pounding at it and keep going at it until somebody, you know, tells you yes, because like you said, this industry is extremely, extremely difficult and hard and it's very cutthroat. So on the radio side and the broadcasting side, and you may be able to tell that I'm doing it now, but I tend to talk a little faster than normal. So still to this well, I just day, thought that was because you're from New Jersey, <laughs> but yeah, go on. Maybe. Yeah. But I'm learning still every day. It's still a struggle to actually slow down and get my thoughts across instead of like rambling at a hundred miles an hour type of thing. And that I think is the biggest struggle for myself is to actually take a breather and get everything out and articulate correctly because that's professionalism in itself. True. Now there, I mentioned there's been a lot of changes in this industry and there's probably going to be yet more, some due to COVID um, some just due to technology, which keeps advancing. Uh, like many of us, uh, you know, here I am adjusting to Zoom interviewing when I'm used to being on camera in, in a live studio or live on location um, situation where I have videographers handling all the set and everything for me and the lights and the sound and monitoring three cameras. And I'm trying to duplicate that and replicate this on a, on a Zoom level now in my own home, which is not even a studio, but doing the best that I can. So there's going to be a lot more changes in this industry. How do you think you're going to be able to navigate those changes so that you, you can stick around for another 20 years or more? Truth is, is that I keep educating myself. So every time like there's a new software update for editing, for audio, uh, a new feature on Instagram or Facebook, I 
feel like I'm constantly watching different YouTube videos in order to learn different hacks and to learn how to progress and grow with everybody else. Sometimes I know that you think I'm young and I am still young, but compared to some of like younger cousins of mine who are like a whiz at certain apps and stuff, it's like, how did you know that? Like I'm the, I'm supposed to be the young one that knows everything. How am I the one that's trying to learn from you? So I think being able to just really keep up with the technology is a huge thing because if you haven't gone digital now, it may be really hard to do it later on in life. Yeah, I agree with you on that. It's also, I, I would add that in my case, because you know, I'm, I'm a little older than you, and I grew up in traditional media, not digital. So lots of learning curve, but uh, surrounding myself with young people like you who know all this stuff is, you know, is, is, is for me half the battle. So I would say also to have the tools and the knowledge, but also surround yourself with people who, who can do it for you or help you out when you, when you get into those pickles that you don't you know, quite know. It's a good now, team to have surrounded by. Yeah, it, for sure. So something else that really interested me about uh, something you wrote to me was that you feel very privileged to be the voice of your generation. And I really thought that was quite powerful. So I would like you to expand upon that for me. How do you see your generation uh, representing itself, getting a voice, and how do you see yourself as the platform for that? So originally starting out, the one, the one moment in my life that showed that to me that I really had the voice to make a change was uh, when I was in high school doing my broadcasting and stuff, I worked with this company called Covenant House and we were doing a solidarity sleep out and I had a bunch of friends come over and to really raise money for the homeless youth that are homeless, uneducated, and really just need to push forward in their lives and they need the skills and the people around them to really just prosper. So I had a bunch of friends come over. We did the sleep out outside. We actually stayed out all night inside boxes and stuff for the sleep out, raised a good amount of money. But at that point, some of my friends did not understand the purpose behind it. Didn't realize, didn't care at all. And actually left in the middle of this whole, you know, awareness thing I was trying to film and do and really just raise money and funds for my fellow peers in my community. And that specific point realized, I realized, you know what? let me use the platform that I have and actually inspire other individuals that are out there that may be afraid to break out of their comfort zones or may be afraid to actually break out of their friend group and realize that some of the people that they're surrounding themselves with really aren't positive individuals. They're really bringing you down and not bringing you up. And that was a battle that I had to deal with a lot growing up as well, mm -hmm. is not having the support from friends who I really thought were friends of mine at the time. So even now, just being able to, over the, over the last 10 years, being able to you know, speak for others who are afraid to speak out, I think mm -hmm. is the biggest honor that I could have. And it's not just because I can talk, it's because you're giving me that, not you specifically, but I was given that microphone for a reason and I might as well use it for good. Yeah, that's very good, very powerful. Um, and you know, you're a young woman, um, t sort of tacking on to what you just said there, how do you also see yourself as an inspiration for other young women or do you? Because you can do it. Like if you have parents, friends, family members, peers, anybody 
telling you that you're not good enough, then you're never going to think that you are. So you need somebody out there to really sit you down or even through a video, through a podcast, through audio, through absolutely anything to be able to inspire you to really get up and believe in yourself. Because I think a lot of self-confidence, like confidence has really like declined in some individuals, especially because of social media, you're scrolling, you're comparing yourself to everybody, but the actual image of a person or even a woman out there. Mm-hmm. So being able to express that, you know, we're all different. We're all unique. We're all weird. It's okay to be weird and it's okay to be different. Just you have to really learn to embrace it and in a way, not really care what anybody else thinks about you. As long as you're happy with yourself and you're happy with who you are, that's all you can really ask for in life. Well, that was very well said. So uh, looking back now, who was your inspiration in this business, in the broadcasting business or the media business? Um, You know, often we don't have enough uh, female role leaders to get us where we want to be. And I'm, I'm just wondering who, who impacted you and who was your inspiration in the business sort of to be like, uh, female wise, it was definitely Ellen DeGeneres. Absolutely loved her show. And she was the reason why I wanted to do more of the television aspect, being able to entertain, interview people, as well as just being able to give back to the community. Because a lot of the talk shows you think, oh, it's just all gossip and this and that. But really, they're using their platform for power as well to help other individuals that are out there in the industry. And uh, starting out at the beginning, uh, one guy that really did inspire me was one of my first bosses working at Goom Radio. His name was Zach Sang, and he was only a year older than I was. And being able to see how far he was able to come as 17 at that time, and I was 16, I was like, I can do this too. So those two individuals, I think, really inspired me to be the person I am today. And let's say it's 10 years from now. What are your goals in 10 years? Like, where do you see yourself 10 years from now? Do you see yourself uh, doing a morning show like Kelly Ripa? Do you see yourself doing news, maybe entertainment on Entertainment Tonight? I mean, if you want to kick Kelly out and put me and Ryan in there, I'm so down. Any day. Call me up tomorrow. I will be there. I will wake up at two o'clock in the morning. I'll do my own hair. I'll do my own makeup. And I will sit there in the studio broadcasting at 6 a.m. I will be there. I would actually love, I love the news aspect because it's really informative to individuals. But I think personally, um, the whole lifestyle and entertainment side is where I would love to see myself, especially on television, whether it is a daytime talk show or even just a red carpet reporter like Juliana Rancic. Yeah, that would be nice too. Okay, you know what? I'm just like, my jaw is dropping a little bit because, you know, I you kind of remind me of myself years ago when I was your age and, you know, and you definitely uh, are on, I think, the right track to getting what you want. Um, one, one other question I had for you is um, today, a lot of the news programs are being criticized for not really being news in that they're not checking the facts like they used to. They're reporting a lot of things that are really not true. And then just coming back with a retract on it um, like a day or two later. And there's also the criticism that news is like more of an infotainment now rather than info. Um, 
as podcasts continue to grow and webcasts too, do you see this becoming more of a problem where information is really not being disseminated correctly and, and causing like an uproar? Oh yeah, totally. I, it could, it's as simple as clickbait. People make articles, they make headlines just so somebody clicks on them. The more clicks you get, the more advertising revenue you can get. The more clicks you get, the more money you're making. The more clicks you get, the more followers. Whether it's true or not, which is unfortunate uh, in general, um, but the one, actually, it made me think when you said that, it made me think of one of my favorite television shows. It was the newsroom and they really didn't care what everybody else was talking about. They wanted to really report on the actual news and the actual facts, whether it scares America or not, whether it makes us worried, it's the truth. And I think sometimes we need to hear the truth, even though it may be difficult for us. Difficult pill to swallow. Uh, and what do you make now of, you know, there's a lot of rioting, a lot of protesting going on. Um, what do you make of that? Do you, do you feel that it's like genuine or it's going too far? Uh, the looting and destroying stuff, I personally think is just kind of unnecessary, mm -hmm. but being able to go out and express your feelings, we're in America. Like this is what, this is who we are. We have the right to protest. We have the right to say what we want. Um, I just don't think destructive, being destructive is really the most positive form of protesting and getting your message I agree out with there. that. I agree with that. You know, yes, you get your message across, do it peacefully, do it respectfully. Yeah. Um, I don't think looting should be um, sort of an excuse for something that it's really not about. You know, it's, it's an excuse in some cases just for stealing, which really not about what the, what the movement is about, right? So no. it's important yeah. to distinguish the two. And it's okay to have your own opinion on everything. And that's the beauty of being an American citizen, we get to have our own opinions. Okay, so here's um, coming into sort of the, the closing part of this uh, interview. A lot of people believe that in the, in the case of media, it's the negativity that sells. It's the negativity that brings the ratings. And that's why we see so much negativity enforced in the media. Um, and we even see that on social media. What's your take on that? Do you think that that's true, that the more negative the storyline, the more negative the headline? Yeah, it's know, gossip. The more like, ratings. We're, listen, we're only human. Like we like to, did you hear this? Did you hear that? Did you hear this? Did you hear that? And if you give somebody a keyboard and they get to hide behind it, it's no stopping anybody. I don't think it should be negative at all. You should really be kind of like uplifting other individuals but sometimes the negativity drowns out the positivity and like the fake news drowns out the actual truth. And it's kind of unfortunate because sometimes I do fall for it as well until I really do my research and say, oh, this one website is definitely not credible. Let me see their sources. And then I'm like, oh, this other company, this other network talked about it. Okay, they have a little bit of the facts here. Maybe they have a little bit of the facts there. And it's really all trying to get the exact information to really form your own opinion, because it's kind of hard these days when you do have different headlines that are clickbait and you just read one line and then you automatically have an assumption without actually knowing the facts and without actually being educated in the specific topic or the content that you're looking up. That's true. But a lot of people just don't have that time to, you know, investigate. They're turning on the news every day. Um, 
hoping, I guess, turning to them that, that this is reliable information. And I think, you know, with us being, many of us being stuck in lockdown at home, dealing with COVID, we're watching more. And I think the competition between the networks to keep you glued 24 hours to their particular program, whether it's CNN, ABC, NBC, or here in Canada, uh, Global, CTV, um, you know, any, any of our, our top CBC uh, news and network stations, you know, it, it seems like they'll do anything to keep you glued all day long watching yes. the TV to, and they, and the way they do it. And I see this as probably a, an example from the U S model is they're almost like a dog with a bone in that they get on a subject matter and that's all they talk about. And you hear it 24 seven, seven days a week, whether it's the protest first, it was the COVID. Then we, you know, we stopped talking about that a little bit. It became all about the protest. Then it'll be the next and the next thing. And I guess my only concern is, um, is this contributing to a negative population that could be suffering more with anxiety and depression than really need be? True. Yeah, definitely. When you feed out the information to people who are worrying or don't have the, like you said, have the time to really educate themselves or to look it up, it creates all this stuff in your head. That's one of the reasons why I really like local media and local news outlets because you get real, not real reporters, but you get reporters who are just really there trying to get the story and trying to build their career too. So mm -hmm. they're gonna tell everything and all, all the truth. And it's really authentic and it's really raw. And I think reading or even watching your local stations really help with knowing what's not just in your community, but where it is nationwide and how it's affecting your community. Because what affects your community and my community, two different things. And it, it really, you don't understand it until you live it. Right. So this is a really good segue into the local aspect, right? A lot of things now are going to go back to the local community aspect, uh, whether it's our economy, possibly our entertainment, possibly our news as well. And that's going to give rise to your type of podcast and what you're doing. How do you um, see yourself um, evolving the podcast to make it more community centric? For the brand ambassadors like podcasts, I really love finding individuals who are thriving in their hometowns and their home states and giving them that platform and giving them that voice, whether it's a person, a business, or even a corporation. Because as we've learned now, the mom and pop shops and all those local businesses are the backbone of America. We're the ones, they're the ones that are really out there working their butts off. And especially during this time, they were the ones that were hurt the most. So being able to give them that little plug, that little push, and really highlighting all of their success, even if it is one or two different stores versus this mass corporation, this mass chain that's across continents and, you know, the world. Yeah, and I think that's really important what you just said, which is those little business owners, the moms and pops are the backbone, not, not only the American, but also Canadian economy, many economies, and in fact, represent pretty much the American dream, right? Coming to a new country, starting over, building something. Um, and the fact that you can spotlight them and, you know, what they've been able to achieve, I think would be really a very good thing, you know? And I think that a lot of media may have to start considering how they can really embrace the, the locals more. I totally agree. 
Okay, well, um, it's been very lovely chatting with you. I wish you all the best, Lenore. Thanks. And um, I would also like for my audience to know how they can reach you, if they would like to be interviewed by you. Um, you know, give us give us your um, your handles and how we can get in touch with you. If you want to just you know chill with me, you can go straight to my Instagram. I'll always answer your DMs. It's at Lenore Luca, L-E-N-O-R-E-L-U-C-A. As for interviewing for the podcast, feel free to shoot us an, an email. Our emails are all on brandambassadorselect.com. My personal email for that is lenore.luca at brandambassadorselect.com. We would love to highlight anybody who's really just thriving entrepreneurs are doing good for their, for themselves, you know, really just empower everybody else that's around them and give them that platform. Okay. So one more time, a little slower, I'm going to ask you to give me the URL to the, to your website and a direct email and phone number for you, for you. So you can definitely shoot me an email. It's Lenore, L E N O R E dot like the period Luca L U C A at brandambassadorselect.com. You can head to their website as well, brandambassadorselect.com for any other information. And for me personally, you can reach out to me on Instagram at Lenore Luca, L-E-N-O-R-E-L-U-C-A. And you also have a website, lenoreluca.com, correct? Oh yeah, you can watch all my past videos from the last 10 years, all the interviews. You know, Jeanette, just because I was talking to you today and I was looking up some stuff, I ran through old like Facebook pictures and stuff on like my old websites. I was like, I forgot I interviewed this person. I forgot I did this. Yeah, so thank you for making me walk down memory lane. Oh, you're welcome, it happens. I know I forget too, people say to me, well, you know, who have you interviewed? I forget to list people, but the reason yeah. I bring up the LenoreLuca.com is we never know. A producer might want to uh, book you for an evening or news show, right? So I mentioned that too. Anyway, a very nice young woman who is clearly living her dream. Lenore Luca, it's been a pleasure interviewing you. And Jeanette, thank my, you so much for letting me join your show today. Oh, you're very welcome. And to my audience... Thank you for being with us today. This is Jeanette Burke, your host, signing off. Please remember to like, comment, and share all our posts with all your gal pals and the smart and wonderful men in your life. You will find us on Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, Pinterest, Instagram, Twitter, Vimeo, YouTube, and so many more platforms. You name it, we're there. Hashtag Jeanette's TV. And until next time, continue to be fabulous.